All right, welcome to the TMAC, the Motorcycle Adventure Channel, first ever podcast coming to you from the road during a ride. Uh, you got to excuse the audio, we are working out the details on that. There are some real crackly and uh, over volume instances on this recording. We are using three cardos, one on each rider and one on a recorder. Uh, so this is our first attempt at it. We'll fine tune it and get you guys a little bit better audio moving forward. On this ride, we start out in California across seven states. We had Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, Idaho, Oregon, and then back into California. Plan did not go as originally planned. We had a lot of curveballs thrown at us, and we'll cover that in the podcast. So stay tuned uh, for the first TMAC or the Motorcycle Adventure Channel podcast with Brian Bowen and Lee Wycombe. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TMAC podcast with your host, Lee Wycombe and Brian Bowen. Hello. We are on the side of the road in the Sawtooth Mountain Range in Idaho. And we are starting this podcast, and we're going to bring it to you live from the road. Well, not live, but from the road. We are just pulled over because we thought we were recording this. Had some technical issues, but it would have been the most exciting podcast because we just did a full panic stop from 75 miles an hour because a bunch of pronghorns ran across the road right in front of us. American pronghorns, if uh, if you're confused on which pronghorns we about hit. That's an antelope for those of you that don't know what a pronghorn is. <laughs> Hammer down. All right, so we're on the road. Day seven of a... I don't know, eight or nine day ride that has not gone according to plan completely. But this is the Motorcycle Adventure Channel, and this has been a true adventure. So, Lee, why don't you give them a description of what what we were plan was? And there's some more fucking pronghorn. Oh, Cheers. stop, man. Holy crap. Oh, there we go. Excuse uh, the language, folks. Yeah, sorry. I think we're going to take it easy here on this stretch. <laughs> That's, apparently, the, the antelope migration is happening right now across this road. So, Wow. I, I literally looked down uh, to adjust my electric jacket and because I, uh, I think it got turned off. And Brian is as you guys heard it, yelling. Uh, I looked up and there's an American pronghorn in the middle yeah, he of the road. Just, so I was leading and Lee went past me right at the pronghorn. <laughs> <laughs> While well, looking down. So uh, that day, thing was that thing was looking at you like, what are you doing? <laughs> day two third uh, today. So yeah. So uh, mom, if you're listening, um, and turn on, turn this off now. Anyway, so, so yeah. you wanted to recap of what we were going to do. Yeah, what we were going to do and how, how the trip started for you, because it started a day earlier for you than it did for me. Yeah, so let me back it up a little bit. We were going to, we were in Reno at the Reno Air Show. We got an invite to go to Mayday Stoll, S-T-O-L, Stoll uh, competition in Wayne, Nebraska. So Brian and I are like, yeah, let's go. But we didn't plan on anything. We were just going to go. Like, And so as we started talking about it over the winter, uh, how, how do we go? Do we take Brian's plane? Do we take Brian's dad's plane? Do we fly commercial? And then one day when we were talking about it, because I needed to make plans for my work, Brian then says to me, why don't we ride motorcycles? And I don't know if you said it, but it's, this event is in Wayne, Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, so, so like, yeah. It's in the middle of nowhere, right? Right. I mean, kind of. Like, uh, the northeast corner by Norfolk. And when we told people, like, hey, we're going to go to Wayne, everybody's like, they kind of yeah. wrinkled their nose, like, why? Yeah, hey, where are you going on this motorcycle ride? Oh, we're going to Nebraska. And they're like, what? What? Like, who goes to Nebraska? Well, we do. And we were stoked about it. Yeah, that was the plan. Wayne, Nebraska. 
So, anyway. Yeah, round trip, it's, round trip is like 3,300 miles. It's, it's a long ways. We had a total of, what, 10 days? Yeah, Yeah, I days. think uh, we planned yeah. 10 days. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead, sorry. And then like four days there. So um, at the time, Brian owned a BMW 800, and I had the highly sought-after Yamaha Tenere 700. Uh, but we both have been looking at these BMW 1200 GSAs for a while now, and and this was the perfect excuse for us them. So, so we end up buying those. Wait, wait a minute. We're gonna have to explore that a little bit there. So we're talking about it. Just talking about it, and about four hours later, Lee shows me a picture of one in his garage. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought when we got off the phone, I thought you said go buy one, so I did. I, I just followed the orders. Because I'm gonna go to Portland see if I can find one I can ride just to see if I like it, and it ended up in his garage. So, uh, and I love it. I I love it, and so so he put yeah. the pressure on me. And my previous bike was an F800. GS and it had a big tank on it, so it would, it would have been able to do the long legs we're doing. But it, the sustained high speed cruising, it, it, it wouldn't have. Well, it, we'll get into that later. But uh, it wouldn't have been as good of, or comfortable as a bike as the R1200 GSAs. Yes. All right, what's going on, this guy? Okay, and we were both wanting to get these. I mean, this is. We've been talking about this for a while. It just yeah, kinda, yeah. I mean, this has been a dream bike for my of mine for man since we started riding together back in like 2009 or 10 or whatever it was. Nine or 10, yeah. So um, I've always looked at them and they just kind of been out of my price range and everything. Anyway, so once Lee got his, then the, you know, then the pressure was on. So I was searching around and I, I happened to find one and. Uh, yeah, because they're hard to find. I mean, like, because everybody's buying up that stuff, and you can't go buy a new one because of the supply chain. And, right. And y'all, y'all know, right? So. Yeah, so I didn't find one that was outfitted the way I wanted, and uh, it actually came with Moscomoto soft bag, bags. And, and uh, so anyway, so we both ended up, long story short, we both ended up with our 1200 GSAs. Mine's a 2016, his 2017. Uh, got mine with nine. Yeah, I got 19,000 miles on it. Lee's had about 20, what, 26? Seven. Seven? Yeah, 27. Uh, I figure with longevity, I didn't mind the miles at all. It's totally fine. Yeah, everyone says, you know, that's not, that's not bad at all for, for these bikes that go over 100,000. So, uh, yeah, so, back, I'm sorry, back to it. I just had to explore the, uh, Lee made me buy this bike aspect of that, so. <laughs> Yeah, and I had started my pilot's license. Well, that's on hold because Brian made me buy this bike. So, <laughs> anyway, um, so we started just planning the trip. You know, when we're going to leave, how it's going to work out, you know, all, all of the logistics of it. And um, then the day finally came for me to head out. You want to talk about where we... Uh, uh, we were going to start that trip. Yeah, so we were going to start it. Uh, Lee was going to come down a couple days early so we could go up and, and help my dad out uh, working up. They have a guest resort that uh, is up in the Trinity Alps that was uh, unfortunately had a big forest fire came through last year and, and did some damage. So we were going to go up and help them put in a new water line that got the, the old one got melted. So. Uh, we we're gonna do that. Lee was gonna meet me there. We we're gonna help him get that in, and then leave Sunday. And uh, I ended up getting uh, sick. I don't want to go into it, but I had a health thing, and I had to take care of it. And uh, so they kind of delayed everything. So Lee just came straight to Reading on Saturday, and uh, it was kind of hard to make call. I thought we were gonna to have to cancel the trip, uh, but I toughed it out those first couple of days. Uh, maybe I'll get into that later. I don't know if I want to share all that. But anyway. Um, it was not COVID. It was no, not COVID. it wasn't COVID. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was anyway. COVID. So, um, 
Lee showed up a uh, day early, so he had a ride from Corvallis, Oregon, all the way down to Redding. So he got, you know, a good first day, and and then we, well, we didn't leave super early Sunday, nine o'clock or something. Yeah. So the plan was to ride out to Elko, then through Salt Lake to Craig, Colorado, then from Craig, Colorado, up into Nebraska somewhere, camp, and then do the last stretch up to Wayne, Nebraska, which would put us there about midday Wednesday. Then from there, we'd stay probably till Saturday morning. Uh, it's snowing, Lee. Ah, that's awesome. Yep. Why, so Why not? It's snowing, folks, on the podcast here. Uh, yeah. Had a lot of that on the trip. So, anyway, uh, stay at this event, which is the Stoll Drag uh, Races there in, in Wayne, Nebraska. That's one of the, the things I do on the with my airplane, and so we were invited that. Because of the weather this time of year, I didn't want to fly all the way out there and get stuck and not, not be able to make it back in time for work. So we figured, why not just ride motorcycles to do it? So... Uh, and then the finals returned Saturday, kind of straight line it as much as possible because we needed to get back, uh, you know, by Monday basically. So we were going to do Rollins, Wyoming, where Lee's dad is, and then not quite sure what we were doing from there, but we were probably just going to go a pretty direct route, which would have been boring coming back. So, so anyway, the first day, go ahead and pick it up, Lee. What do you think? Yeah, we left, uh, went out to Susanville, and nice ride from Reading to Susanville, and if anybody's in Susanville, and I would highly recommend the Courthouse Cafe. Um, but we left out of there and headed up to, I think I'm saying it right, Gerlach? Uh, Gerlach? I don't know. Anyway, and then out of there... Wait, before that we were on we were on dirt before that. Yeah, we? yeah. So we we left the main highway uh, in Susanville and got on a on gravel and dirt roads uh, clear almost clear to Gerlach. We got a little bit of pavement coming right in there, and that's right the south end of the Black Rock uh, Black Rock Desert. And for those of you that don't know what that is, that's where Burning Man is held. Um, so there's a lot of traffic that goes through there, at, you know, once a year. And uh, we were planning to go up the desert to Winnemucca, so up the Black Rock Desert and tie into Winnemucca. But we weren't quite sure, especially this time of year, uh, whether we'd be able to make it through. And, you know, by that point, time was starting to become an issue if we wanted to make it to Elko. So we looked up some alternative routes, and uh, we found one that, was awesome. I think it was 36 miles of dirt, not gravel. I don't like gravel, but dirt. And it, it took us up uh, over this pass that looked out over Humboldt Reservoir. And then we dropped down from that ridge and then picked up Highway 80 into Winnemucca and then pressed on to Elko, Nevada. Yeah, so that, was, that, was day, that was day one. So, um, you know, we were talking about buying these bikes used. And uh, when I first got mine, Lee had had his for, I think he had a couple more. When did you buy yours, December? Uh, no, I bought mine February, first part of February. Okay, so you, yeah, you didn't have it that much longer. But when I first rode this bike, I bought it in uh, Bend, Oregon, and it had they had a ice storm the day I bought it, so I couldn't ride it. So we just loaded it up in a trailer, took it home, and then I got it home, I took it for a ride. And I, I was like, man, these... these uh, make kind of a lot of noise in the valves. You know, they're kind of ticky. And so I called Lee and said, hey, is yours make a lot of valve noise? He goes, yeah, I mean, they're, you can hear the valves. They're boxer engine. You know, the valves are right underneath your knees, basically. And so, yeah. And I, so I didn't think much of it. It wasn't terribly loud. And uh, I'm not used to the, this engine, so I, I just chalked it up to that's the way they are. Well, come... The morning after we stayed in Elko there, I get on the bike and start up and go to or start riding out. Wait, back it up, back it up a little bit. So okay. you asked me about that, and I said, yeah, you should probably change your oil, which oh, you were going to do. But yeah. are you going to check your valves? Yeah, uh, because right. I did, because I, I don't trust, I want to know that those are all within spec. And so 
anyway, I said, did you uh, did you do those things and and lube up the rear drive and you know change the oil and all this and and would you tell me? That's yeah, probably good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> hindsight, right? But uh, I didn't. I was really pressed for time uh, leading up to this trip, and so uh, I didn't. I didn't really have the time to get into it. I should. I mean, obviously, if you're going to go on a ride like this, you should be 100% prepared, and uh, that's definitely my bad for not pulling the valve covers, especially on a new bike, and and doing it a thorough. Uh, check on it so yeah didn't do that but but you said it was normal so i figured it was normal right it's all lee's fault so right 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 exactly so and we, honestly you might you will get into this but it might have been fine at that time honestly right yeah and and i'll and i don't know that's that's true so we start leaving elko and this thing's ticking a lot louder than it was the previous day Noticeable. Like, I'm pulling out of town. Like, man, this thing's kind of loud. I figured maybe it's just cold, you know, and it's got to warm up. So we start heading up across uh, to Salt Lake on Highway 80, which is the the one part of the trip that neither of us was looking forward to. We were just going to drone it on 80 across that straightaway and all across Salt Lake. Uh, and like, three hours. It was hot and straight and boring and loud. Uh, but it was so loud on that. The, my engine got to be so loud that Lee was like three bike lengths ahead of me going 85 miles an hour, and he could hear it. We're turning in a quarter mile. I didn't know if you saw that. Oh. The Boise. Right? Yeah, I yeah. totally could hear him behind me. And at one point, I got to kind of laughing to myself because I, I asked him, I'm like, dude, I, are you chasing me with a lawnmower? I mean, it was so loud. Which is exactly what you want to hear about your brand new bike, you know. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's supposed to be a bakery. We just pulled into Stanley, Idaho. We're going to interrupt what we're talking about every so often because we are actually writing. Because if you're going to do a podcast about an adventure, oh, we got to get gas here too. About a, uh, if you're going to get do a podcast about adventure writing, you should be adventure writing. So. Yeah, and the audio, guys, I know this isn't ideal audio, but the situation there is we are using the Cardos, and we've got a piggyback system onto a voice recorder so we can get both of us. It may not be great, but that's about the best we can do. So we're going to stop for a second. We'll, we'll get some uh, gas in the, in the vehicles, and then we'll pick up with uh, leaving. So we're leaving Elko and on our way to Salt Lake with a noisy valve. Stay tuned for part two. All right, so picking back up where we left off, um, the loud noise coming from my engine on the way across the Great Salt Lake, uh, and the fact that we couldn't go to the dealership there because it was closed. So we did check and see, you know, maybe we should stop in and uh, have the dealership look at it just to make sure because it was not a normal noise. Um, but yeah, they were close, so we carried on. That was a hard day of riding. I think we did. Was that the big day of 515 or 510 yeah, miles? Yeah, yeah, 510, yeah. So we carried on all the way to Craig, Colorado, and not to gloss over that day, um, the riding from Salt Lake to Craig was pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, down Highway 40, and uh, it was a good, it was a good, good little road. Yeah, yeah, it was a good day, but I was a little concerned about the bike, so we got to uh, Craig and got a hotel there and uh, started looking on the Internet about, about this issue. And so, you know, when you look it up, a lot of people ask the question about this ticking noise on these bikes. kind of always seems to go to this, it funnels back to this main uh, forum uh, post about the decompressor lever. And so basically on the end of the cam there's a little lever that helps adjust the cam during the startup before it's spinning. And it, de and it lets some of the compression out that allows the, the, it's a pretty high compression motor so it allows the starter, starter to turn it over. Once it runs that lever kind of swings out and then 
uh, you can hear it right when you start. It goes tick tick, and then it it stops. On some bikes, that lever will make intermittent intermittent ticking noises. That is not what I had going on. I had a constant loud ticking that was uh, matched with your RPM. So it was totally a valve issue. I mean, you can tell it was coming from the valve tray. So at that point, we, we kind of decided we need to have it looked at. Yeah, it was only on the right side, too. I don't know if you mentioned that, but it wasn't both sides. It was only one side. Right, and that's uh, another thing on the forum that we kind of found out is false, is everyone says it only comes from the right side with that decompressor noise because that lever's only on the right side. Well, that's, that is not true. It is on, they have a decompressor lever on both the left and right side. So, anyway, uh, we look for the nearest. I'm passing. Okay. Looked for the nearest uh, dealership, and there was one in Fort Collins, which was, you know, about, it wasn't even a full-day ride for us from uh, Craig to Fort Collins. And so I made an appointment via email, and we got there about noon in Fort Collins to the Northern Colorado Power Sports dealership owned by John Elway, Super Bowl quarterback. And these guys got us, pretty much got us right in. It was. I didn't. You know, that couldn't have gone. It didn't go the way I thought it would. I thought we were going to be like, yeah, we could see it in a week. But since right. we were on the road and they knew we were having trouble, they're like, yeah, we'll get it in. And then they gave me a, uh, a loaner bike to go to lunch. Hold that thought. Yeah. Is your map? Oh, that's weird. Never mind. Okay. Let's keep, let's keep rolling. Sorry. Yeah. So you got to turn and point seven. Which is weird because it only goes down and comes back out and then takes us back down again. So I don't know what's going on with that. Oh. It literally, on my map, it has us going down, doing a UE, and coming back out. So I don't know what happens here. Oh, okay. They just go straight then. Yeah. I think we'll just keep bugging, bugging on the road. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. That, that, and that's the thing, listeners. But we are on the road, so there will be these interruptions to the podcast to deal with the actual... We are riding, so... Uh, yeah, so they got us in to see the bike, and we went to lunch. They called me up. It was funny, because when he started the bike up to, to drive it into the shop, he looked over at me like, oh, my God, there's something wrong with this bike. I'm like, right? <laughs> yeah, his eyes were huge. Like, so, not like the thing was going to come apart. So they called me, and they're like, yeah, you're going to want to see this. So we head back over there. And the intake cam, which is your top cam on the right side, uh, the forward rocker arm had carved about an eighth-inch deep groove into the cam lobe. It was yeah. impressive. Like that. So when that thing was, when that camshaft was spinning, it was barely moving that rocker arm up and down. As a matter of fact, there was a gap as it would spin. That's what the ticking noise was. But it, that, I think if we would have kept going, Brian, the ticking noise would have went away. It would have just <laughs> yeah. totally rubbed the cam lobe completely away. It would have been fine. And so luckily it was the intake valve. So basically I was running that cylinder on one intake valve because there's two, two valves for intake, two for exhaust. So uh, it was just pushing that other valve in. Not very much. So it should have actually been noticeable performance difference. I haven't had the bike long enough to know, but after, you know, now I'm riding it, it's been repaired. Um, I don't see a huge difference, which is kind of impressive that it was running so well with that kind of damage to it. But that was our uh, kind of the big uh, change of planner of the whole trip. It, it, it kind of dropped a big hurdle yeah it was it was a complete hard stop like we're just like what are we going to do how are we going to move forward do we you know we we had ideas of renting a truck to haul the motorcycles back because i don't want to ride without my buddy brian do we rent a car and continue on up to wayne what what are we doing you know and and we we had a lot of um we had a lot of decisions to make at that point. Like, how were we going to move forward? 
Dude, we're going to go. It looks like we're going right into that snowstorm. Yeah, uh, it sure does, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're heading west. Awesome. I thought we were done uh, with this bad weather. We would have been fine if we'd just gone south today, but we <laughs> we liked the adventure. So. Yeah, I uh, yeah, it's heading west out of Stanley, listeners, and it is nothing but gray skies, and we're actually getting uh, snow snowflakes right now. Snowflakes yeah. right now. So forty-three so, degrees, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, back at the dealership, they said. You know, we looked it up. BMW says you got to replace all the cams and all the rocker arms. You're looking at $4,500. And I'm like, oh, but you're going to cover that, right? And he goes, well, I'll put in a claim. He goes, they definitely should. You know, there's an issue with the rocker arm coating, which was DLS coating, which stands for diamond-like substance. And there was a bad batch of this coating on the rocker arms. And it could be in any bike that uses a 1,200cc boxer engine between 2013 and 2019. So if you're lucky like me and got one of these crappy rocker arms, this is what happens. So they'd seen it before, not quite to the extent, because people probably brought their bike in when it started taking <laughs> a little bit, not riding 1,200 more miles, you know? <laughs> exactly. So we were pretty impressed with that camp. So... Uh, he put in a claim, a quick call, and it sounded like BMW was going to cover it. And, and I'm like, well, shit, I hope they do because $4,500 is, uh, that's, puts me way upside down on the bike for one. And you know, I could have bought a, you know, 2020 or 2021 if I'd spent another 4500 you know. So I was not super excited about this news. So then they come back and say, well, I'm not sure they're going to cover it, but we also found out that you don't have to replace all four cams. You only have to replace the affected cam, but you do need to replace all eight rocker arms. The cams are $660 a piece, and the, cam and the rocker arms are $150 a piece. So you're looking at $1,050 just in rocker arms and then this cam. So you're almost at $2,000 in parts. It's actually $2,170. So they didn't have them, the parts, and we're there. It was uh, now Tuesday. Let's see, it was Tuesday. And so they put in. It was, by the time they figured all that, it was the end of the day. So they put in the order, but it wasn't going to be there Wednesday. It was going to be there Thursday on an overnight. They do this thing called vehicle on rack. I had to pay expedited to get the parts, which was like sixty bucks. I had no no issue with that. Let's get these parts here. Let's get going. So they gave us a loaner bike Wednesday, and we just decided, hey, man, we're going to go have a good time uh, in Fort Collins and go for a ride. We right. picked, out, picked out this great ride, so, yeah. I yeah. think, let me go back a little bit. They said if we get the parts overnighted, so this was Tuesday, but because it was later in the day, that overnight turned into the next overnight. Because right. it was so late. So we, we knew we were going to be there on Wednesday in Fort Collins. So, yeah, that's when we're like, hey, let's – I knew uh, Estes Park. I'm going to pass this guy. Okay. Uh, Estes Park is up there, and uh, Brian had not ever been, and I'm like, let's go up there. So I planned a little ride up to Estes Park and blown her bike, and it was just awesome. The big Thompson River's right there. You just follow that. just super curvy all the way up there and uh, ended up eating at a, a restaurant that had some of the best pizza that I think I've ever had. Oh, it was incredible. Sitting outside right next to the Thompson Creek, it was a great spot. You guys ever get a chance to go up to Estes Park? It was fantastic. And the uh, loaner bike they let me borrow was, uh, we weren't sure the year, somewhere between a 13 and a 16 GS. So it, didn't, it wasn't the adventure. And it was the bag wheel, not the smoked wheel version. It's kind of set up Bullmore Street. But it was interesting to get to ride that because I hadn't ridden a non-adventure model of the 1200. So, yeah. Uh, that was fun. But then when we got back to the hotel, you know, we're back about 4 o'clock or something, we started to realize that this, this budget hotel that we <laughs> decided to uh, stay at was maybe not the best place to be. 
and Lee, you can pick up. You have a good story on that. So, okay, real quick, timeout. Guys, uh, it is 40 degrees. It is snowing pretty good. So I, I guess if we continue like this, Brian, if it's not sticking to the road, I'm good to continue. Uh, yeah, do you have any, any idea what our elevation is? I have no idea. Because we come through this, and then we're going to have a word. It's hail right now, buddy. Holy oh. crap. Ouch! Ouch! Oh my word! I'm totally uh, videoing this too, man. It is like full uh, on hail and snow. Uh, my visor. Yeah. Hey. Ah. Yeah. That's uh, great. awesome, man. Great idea, Oscar. Jeez. Yeah. So we're gonna turn up here. We're gonna turn right into that that storm. Yeah. This. Uh, this might suck. Okay, so it's yeah. a little better. Anyway, uh, so now you know what we're all going through, and yeah. yes, uh, we're bringing this to you from the road. And so we do have video of this that will be up on the TMAC YouTube channel. If you guys want to see what we're filming right now, of it, it's probably sticking to the camera lens. I can, I can I see through I can it. See. I can see through mine, so yeah, I'm, I'm watching it. Oh, my goodness. This is... Um, I think even in the video, guys, uh, you will see all the snow that's accumulated even on my windscreen. Right it's, May, it, it's May 21st, by the way, 2022. May 21st, and we're in a, a, yet the third day of snowstorms. So Yeah, yeah, third day in a row. But yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know where we're at, but we're up at Estes Park, right? Is that where we're at, Brian? No, we're talking about our wonderful uh, America's Best Quarrels. Oh. Sweet yeah. hotel. I how could I forget that? So we're there. Uh, we realized that almost every car. Uh, you know what's funny, Brian? Real quick. I'm sorry. I'm ready to go off on another rabbit trail. Um, my map keeps telling us to turn around, which is hilarious because that, my Google Maps probably knows something that we don't. Uh, but I'm not turning around, man. I'm going to continue on. Mine's saying that too. Why is it saying that? I have no idea. Every forest road it wants us to go down and then wants us to turn around, and I'm like, that's dumb. So we're going to move on. Okay. So we're in this hotel, and I pop open the door to the so they get some fresh air. The place just stunk. I, I oh god, it's awful. What it was? It was either cleaner or it was. Um, I don't know. It was a combination of all kinds of smells. It was not uh, pleasant to the uh, the nose. So um, we uh, pop open the door, and this younger guy, I don't know how old he was. His hair was colored purple or something, and he walks by with a cane, and then his, I think his mom comes in behind him, but they're, they're both carrying multiple items, like household items. And this went on for like four trips. Uh, they have sharp turn here. Okay, slowing down. And so, we're like, what are they doing? Well, then we realized that they were having to move rooms. And then we get to looking around, and the hotel that we got was, I think, a hotel for homeless people. Um, we went to different in multiple rooms. We walked by. You could tell that they had been there for months and months and months. It actually had Christmas lights up uh, around the room. And, and so... I mean, everybody's got to go somewhere, and I'm not judged by any guys. This is not where we thought we were, or whatever. Everyone seemed nice, and the cool thing was everybody was quiet and themselves. But yeah, the one thing that made me laugh about this mom and son movie room was the the last trip they made. He is pulling a wagon full of hay with a cage on top of it, and then the mom came behind them holding their rabbit. So they obviously uh, had pets in the hotel, allowed it, because they had a rabbit with them. And um, that just made me kind of laugh a little bit. So it reminded me of a book that I was made to read when I was in school. Get into that, I hope I don't want to offend anybody. But, yeah. 
anyway, it was uh, wasn't the most ideal. But honestly, guys, in Fort Collins, unless you want to pay a lot of money, there was not a lot of options uh, for us. And when we knew we were going to be there for at least two nights, uh, we had to do a budget. You know, I mean, we just had to. So yeah, it was like a you know you get what you pay for. It was a sixty-four dollar night hotel, and. The reason we ended up there is, you know, guys, we want to do these trips. We want to camp, you know. We've got our tents and our sleeping bags and all our stuff to do the camping. So when we found out about this, I actually, they put the bike back together. And I'm like, well, it shouldn't hurt that bad to ride it around town, right? You know, until the parts show up, I have to get around. Because typically they don't want you to use a loaner bike overnight, and the loaner bike didn't have any racks on it, so I have all my stuff. So we rode to uh, Horse Tooth Reservoir, which was real close to town. And we're like, we'll just, we'll just camp there. We'll just hang out there and take the bike in when when it's uh, when parks show up. So we show up at Horse Tooth Reservoir uh, campground. Really nice lady at the booth. She, she really was very helpful. But they wanted $10 per motorcycle to just drive in. And then she said, okay. go pick. Yeah, I see that. That's... Then go, then go pick out your uh, campsite and then come back and tell us which one it is. And I'm like, okay, well, how much is campsite? She goes, oh, you know, they're $50. I'm like, oh, I'm like holy crap, don't you have, like, a, a tent spot? She goes, oh, yeah, we have tent spots. They're only uh, $20, but there aren't any available. So long story short, it's going to be 70 bucks to camp in a tent with no shower. So we elected that, you know, for $64, we can go get this hotel room. And since we're going to be stuck here a couple of days, we, we we opted to do that. Uh, so I can't complain too much, I guess, about it. But it, it was it was kind of a weird place to spend our time. So we tried not to hang out at the hotel too much because it stunk. And, and it was uh, and interesting. Yeah, the, when the compressor would come on for the AC, which it was hot. It was like 85 degrees. Yeah, we wanted the AC on. When you heard the air, the air the compressor come on in the on that heat pump, it immediately smelled like locker room, man. It just completely filled the room. We were both looking at each other like, okay, whose socks are those sticking <laughs> up the room? And but it was not. It was like we cleared it away, and it turned out to be the air air conditioner in there. So it was pretty nasty. All right, all right. another segue or interruption here we are totally flying or riding, flying, riding through a blizzard right now I know you guys are probably no they're not they're doing this podcast they're probably sitting in an office we're not we are literally from Stanley trying to get to Garden Valley in the Sawtooth I, I, maybe we're in the pad now but we're in the mountains of, of Idaho I can only assume that we're like we got to be pretty high in elevation because this is this, there's snow on the ground on either side of the highway it kind of looks like ice on the road, too. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. So we're down to 34 degrees, and, uh, yeah, this is, uh, we're, we're, we slowed down, so let's see how it goes. I think we'll get through this little, little uh, cell of, of uh, moisture, and hopefully it'll be good on the other side here. Yeah, the road seems fine, so I think, yeah. Yeah, let's just take it easy. But to, to uh, sum up the Fort Collins adventure, is, you know, they gave us a call Thursday morning. They said, uh, hey, your parts are in. Bring it over. Let's, let's take care of this thing. So I did. we did some video of all this. Like I said, it'll be on the TMAC channel. But uh, I got there Thursday morning, and they did actually let me take the loaner bike overnight Wednesday. So... Uh, they had the bike. We just dropped the, my bike off there. I couldn't ride anymore. It was like so excruciating to hear it. I just I couldn't do it anymore. So I said, I'm taking it back over there because I just have the loaner bike there. Sure. So Thursday we go over. They got the parts. They put it up on the rack and they start working on it. And he goes, I got bad news. BMW denied the claim, uh, so they're not going to cover it. He goes, I've got a couple more things, a couple more avenues to try on on trying to get it covered, but. He goes, you might want to call directly because when they hear from the customer, you know, they'll... Okay, i got to move over, Brian. They're in the middle of the road here. Sometimes that helps, you know. 
They go, right, right, okay. Well, I'll give them a call. I'm not, I'm not real good talking to customer service because I get, I get uh, really impatient and, and angry, and then I say stuff that usually ends with them hanging up on me. So, uh, so I kind of got the, the, you know, the information from him. So I call the service center. I say, you know, here's the situation. You guys have a known factory defect on these rocker arms. And he goes, well, what, what, what do you mean it's known? I said, it's known. He said, well, there's no recall. And I'm like, well, yeah, there should be. There should 100% be a recall on it because look what it does to your camp. And uh, long story short, I won't get into the details of uh, Sean, employee number 1464, but uh, he was not helpful at all. I, I actually got off the phone so upset I was ready to go buy a KTM. I w- I'd had it with the way BMW treated me on the phone with that particular guy. I, w- I always heard that they were great, and uh, I was pissed. You know, so the bill was going to be $2,700 is what it boiled down to. And, you know, we looked at it, and it was going to cost us about 1600 to rent a U-Haul to drive it home, and it'd still be broken. So, Hold on. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Okay, now it's hail snowing, and it's sticking to the road. So, down. I can't see anything either. <laughs> so I think it's sticking to the road. Fog it up, yeah. Yeah. Um, but as Brian's talking about all this, uh, I just want to mention, and we're going to say this many times, that NOCO uh, BMW dealer. Steve Hansen was our service agent, and the dude was awesome. I mean, he was yeah. just it, the best. And the whole dealership, the mechanic was awesome. The other guys at the service center were great. Even the guy in the showroom was real patient with us because we were there a long time, looking at sitting on everything they had, you know. And he was answering all these questions, knowing we weren't going to buy a bike. Although at one point, it was actually a, a thought in my mind to just rode that. They had a they had a twelve twelve fifty that was in the same color as mine, sitting there, and. Uh, my God, shoot! I just let's just trade it and we'll go with the brand new one. Get out of here. But uh, it had sold already, and if you guys know or don't know, the crash bars and uh, rack system is not compatible between the 1200 and 1250. So you'd have to re-outfit everything. Plus, it was like twenty-six thousand dollars. So yeah, <laughs> we were pretty convinced though. If I had to rode the new one home into the garage, it's not different enough that my wife would notice. She probably knows the bank account, but... <laughs> yeah, she she would figure it out eventually for sure. Yeah, She's a yeah. brilliant woman, but yes. you could probably have gotten by at least a day. I mean, at least. Yeah. So, uh, well, I always get to the end of that story so we can move on with the rest of the ride, but basically what happened was uh, the BMW, they declined to cover it, and then Steve called the dealership because they're a preferred dealer and so they get funds to help uh, help with customer issues. Usually it's for like if they drop the bike accidentally and they have to repair something they have this fund for that. This isn't ideal at all. Uh, no, not at all, man. And uh, they thought about using that fund but that's not really what it's for. So then they called their specific BMW rep, and I don't know what the difference is with the rep versus the service center. I'm slowing way down, Brian. There's snow on the road? Yeah. I might switch switch it into rain mode. Uh, I think we got to pull over to do that. Okay. I just want to get down here to the bottom, dude. I'm not liking this at all, man. It's not. I mean, for all of you listening, guys, it's – we're – we we laugh about safety, you know, but honestly, it is it is a high priority on our list. I mean, we're always we so try to be as safe as possible. the top three, you know. It, it is the top three, and um, <laughs> depends on what the deal is. But right now, guys, it is snowing. The road is wet. Snow is sticking to the road. I and do not is. feel that it's slick. It's thirty-four yet. degrees, so it's not freezing yet, but. We thought we were done with this. We were heading south today. It was going to be hot, actually. And the last minute, our friend that we stayed with last night suggests we come up through this valley because it's gorgeous. And it is. I haven't been able to look at it much in the last 20 minutes because of the snow. But 
Yeah. So, so back to the story. So uh, they called their BMW rep. He said, I'll tell you what, we'll cover the parts. You work with them on the labor. And uh, that was awesome. So they covered $2,100 of the $2,700, $2,120, actually. Um, so I was out of there for 680 bucks, and in addition to fixing the broken uh, parts, he also checked the clearance on all the valves like I should have before I went on the ride. Found two additional valves that were out of spec and reshipped those. So I got basically a valve check done, oil change, filter, uh, and a good, he just looked over the whole bike. So I left there very confident in this bike. It runs perfect now, sounds completely different. I mean, it, it did have ticking that was not normal from the day I started riding it the very first day. So that there was definitely an issue with that uh, cam before I started the trip. And then what happens is there's a coating on both the cam and on the rocker arm. And once it wears through that, you got much softer metal. And so it just ate through that really quickly. So the other concern then was, you know, that metal went into the engine somewhere. That's still a bit of a concern, but... Um, that's why we have filters on the engine, and I, I forgot to ask him about the the drain plug if it was. But he said or not. He said it was not. Uh, I heard him say it in, just in passing that he just said there was hardly any on that magnetic drain plug. So, okay. Hopefully, it caught all of that in the filter. Yeah, I would, I would have liked. We had more time. We we're trying to get out of there. Would have liked to have cut the filter open and see you know what it looked like. But, but yeah. So that that's that was the situation there, and. Uh, they got done, well, it was about 4 o'clock on Thursday, and uh, we're finally, we're back on the road. During all this, we realized that we weren't going to make it to Nebraska. Um, you know, if, we, if they had got it the party on a Wednesday, we probably could have made it out there. But at this point, Thursday, we would have put in a couple hours, maybe made it to Nebraska, and then rode all day. It's eight, it was about eight-something eight hours to away Nebraska from Fort Collins. So we get there kind of Wednesday night, or I'm sorry, Thursday or Friday night at that point, and the event started Friday. And so we'd be missing an event, and then the finals on Saturday, which we couldn't stay for anyways because we had to start on our way back on the trip. So we go there to party basically Friday night, which was tempting. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean uh, just to say, we rode all the way out here on motorcycles yeah. to uh, hang out with a bunch of buddies on Friday night to just turn around and leave the next day. I mean, I don't know too many people. I don't know anybody personally. I'm sure there are people that would do that, um, but not very many. Guaranteed. Yeah. Now I know one person that would do this ride with me, and his name's Lee Wycombe. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. So we, at that point, said, you know, let's take the extra day or two we have now, starting out in Fort Collins, and do a more fun ride back. Instead of that, I've got to get home to get back to work, straight shot back from Nebraska, basically on 80 all the way home. Let's go do a fun, let's just let's make the best of it. Let's just go do a fun route. And so that kind of started with us going to um Lee's dad's house up in Rollins, Wyoming. So we're we left there. That's like what two hours forty five minutes from. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, from Fort Collins up to his dad's house. So it's four o'clock. We have time to do that. There's nothing to deal. So uh, we kind of been watching this potential weather situation a little bit, and uh, as we're about to leave, someone said, "Oh yeah, you know, be careful. It's really windy out there." Yeah, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, we can handle wind. It's Wyoming. Like, of course it's going to be windy. Uh, but what we should have realized was when a person who has lived in Wyoming their entire life, uh, and I'm from Wyoming, so, like, I know the wind. I, I get it. But I haven't lived there in a long time. And when I have someone that says, uh, it's windy, uh, the, that's a whole nother level, man. That is a whole nother level of windiness that uh, neither Brian or I were prepared for. Now, you guys that are listening to the channel, you know, I would imagine by the time we get more than three people listening to this, which is probably where we're at at the, you know, the first podcast. But uh, you guys have probably ridden, you know, if you're listening, you're probably interested in adventure motorcycle riding. I mean, you ride wind. It's part of the deal, right? Especially when you're going up across these big 
these big uh, expanses when you're doing these long rides. You're going to run into wind. But the big kind of red flag warning was when we came up over this hill. And one of those uh, manufactured homes that they kind of ship in two pieces, you know, one half, you know, the right half and then the left half. We come up over this hill and one of those things is off the side of the road upside down because it had blown off of the truck. And so... The winds were strong enough to blow a house over, is what I'm getting at. Oh, there's a rock truck. See him? No, I didn't. Oh, he almost ran over him. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so uh, just since we were talking, we're now out of the snow and in the sun, and it's totally dry. So And 50 degrees, so, yeah. Yeah, much better. Um, yeah, so well, you can pick up the, the description of riding across that, that last open section. Uh, keep in mind, it was straight crosswind. Yeah, from our crosswind. left, from our left to the right, which poses a problem when you're, if you're going fast and you're in the fast lane making your passes, it's fine. But we were so going so slow at that point that the semi trucks were passing us, and so when they would come alongside us, they would block the wind. So you'd be leaning into the wind hard, and then. They'd come by, and you'd have to stand straight up again, and then when they passed you, it was like getting punched in the face with the wind, and you have to lean back over again as you kind of skip skip towards the white line. It was like, yeah, a lot yeah, of fun. super sketchy. You had to, once, you, once it happened a couple times, you're like, okay, you can anticipate it, uh, kind of. But also, I think when, before we left Fort Collins, we were seeing wind, what was it, winds at 30 gusts into 45 or something? Um as we're checking the the weather, and so we're like, oh my word, this is this yeah. is gonna be crazy. So yeah, so we get up over that. We're almost to Laramie. We're five miles out, and we we can see a dust um, storm coming across the prairie, man. I mean, it is just it is blowing hard, and I'm slowing down, and I'm slowing down. We're already going and, slow. And he's leaning further and further to his left into the wind. And I think we're down to, what, 30, 35 miles an hour, maybe? Yeah. And 70. I was, there were pictures of this tire where I was almost over onto the chicken strips riding like that. And I, we rode like that so long that when I when we got into Laramie, uh, I was able to take a picture of where I was at. And... Um, on the tire. Yeah, you I was see, see the ride far. line basically was all the way over on the left edge because we'd been laid over riding like we were in a turn for like an hour, hour and a half. And, so. But that right at five miles, man, it dusted so hard that even leaning over, I it stood me up and I literally thought I was just going to get blown completely off the road. Um, I kind of limped it into a turnaround area and we just sat there on our motorcycles for a while it was uh yeah, kind of what to do like you you know you're in the middle of it now so turn around and go back the same as continuing forward right in the middle between fort collins and laramie and it was windy both directions so like we could sit here until the wind dies down which it wouldn't have because it didn't and uh so we had to suck it up and carry on but it was it was the most frightening ride I've ever had. It was yeah. uh, extremely uncomfortable because it wasn't like a sustained wind. Later on, like the next day, we had a lot more sustained winds where you just kind of lean into it and you hold it. Bobbles your head around a lot, but this was yeah. so gusty that you would lean into it and then it would ease up and then you'd straighten up and then it hit you hard. And it was, yeah, it was brutal. We actually pulled into a truck stop in Laramie and we drove around behind the building to get out of the wind and got for bikes with each other, just gave each other a big hug. We were like, oh my God, that was that was insane. Yeah, we made it. It was it was it was emotional. I mean it was like it was hard, yeah. it was physical. It was just like oh it was almost it was getting to the point where it was gonna be almost overwhelming for the two of us. I, I yeah. think I, yeah. I don't well, know what you think, Brian, but Yeah, I mean just like just holding your head up with the helmet on, it was like someone was pushing on the right, the left side of your helmet as hard as they could, and you had to hold hold that force against them. So your my neck was starting to cramp up just from holding. And if you if you just relaxed, then it would your helmet would fall over onto your right shoulder and rest on your right shoulder. Like that's how strong the wind was from the side. It was crazy. And 
yeah, it was, it was. But the good part about that was we, we did make it to Laramie. Um, I asked a couple of the locals because I wasn't sure where to eat there, and they said you should go down to the Wyoming Chop House. So you'll, you'll hear us talk about food. I, I love food, so I like to talk about it. And I, I like to give, you know, like, hey, you should go there. If you're here, you go there. If you're, But also the other side, if a place sucks, I'm like, don't go there. But all right. But uh, we went down there, and we both got the black and blue steak with truffle butter. And, uh, Brian, right now my mouth is water. Oh, there it is. The steak is... To follow up the pizza we had up in Estes Park with that steak dinner, those are two of the best meals I've had in a long time. It was really fantastic. And then our waiter, Ryan, shout out to Ryan, uh, awesome guy, really, really did a fantastic job. So, um uh, Right next door yeah. to the University of Wyoming, by the way. So yeah, uh, so well, we're there. We're sitting there. Well, actually, when we pulled into the parking lot, we ran into this couple on a Triumph, and they had just ridden basically into the wind from the east, and they they called it. They're like, nope, we went. We got a hotel. We're just we're gonna ride it out in the hotel. We're we're not going any further. And the reason behind that is because it's about now, it's like we pulled in, it's about 6 o'clock. And uh, at 9 o'clock, there was supposed to be snow. So the temperature's dropping drastically. I mean, earlier that day, it was 80-something degrees in Fort Collins, and it's supposed to snow in like three hours or two hours or whatever. So, so like, we're not going to go, we're going to just sit here, we may be stuck here till Sunday or whatever, till the road clears, because it's supposed to snow like two to six inches. Which is, this is late May. This is crazy, right? So we go and have dinner, and we're talking about it. And we're like, well, you know, the, the hotels, that we weren't going to do a budget one. So we're looking at like 180 bucks for a hotel room. And if we get it one night, we're going to get it for multiple nights because we're not going to be able to go anywhere because there's going to be snow on the ground. Obviously, we don't have a problem riding in the snow. <laughs> we just have a problem riding in the snow if it's on the ground. So we decide that... It's better for us to go ahead and push on to Rollins and hopefully west of what Rollins in the morning won't have snow. Right? That's pretty much, am I right with that? That's yeah, yeah. yeah. It's supposed to snow just for a short time. I, I think there was multiple factors we were looking at. Like, it was only supposed to uh, snow for a, a short time in Rollins. It was also, and I'm going to pass this car as soon as I can really see around the corner there. Gotcha. Yep, going Amberdale. Um, there you go. So, yeah, we, you know, snow short time. We also looked at the winds, and they were still gusting. I mean, they were gusting, but it was more head-on from Laramie to Rollins on the interstate. Instead of a crosswind, it was head-on. And so we just made that decision. We're like, dude, let's just do it. Worst case is... I knew that there was a gas station uh, west of Laramie. Uh, I think I told Brian like 10 miles, but uh, a few miles, but it ended up being about 20 miles. But still, uh, I knew that there was a turnaround point. You know, like, oh, dude, this sucks. At least we could turn around. The other thing I noticed, we're on adventure bikes. If we had to turn around out in the middle of Wyoming, you just go down through the median and get back on the interstate and go. Right, like, that's right. not an issue for this. So, but, so we took out, and it turned about out to be uh, pretty windy, but we were able to maintain 70 miles an hour, uh, wind head-on. Uh, it was getting dark. Uh, it got dark. Yeah. It got, it got dark rain. Yeah, and it got darker, like, way early because of the, the cloud cover uh, was gray. I mean, it was gray into black, and we're like, okay, here we go. And um, But, yeah, so we ran into weather, uh, got up by Elk Mountain, ran into a little bit of snow, but nothing was sticking. We just kept going. Uh, when we got to Sinclair, it started snowing a little bit heavier, and then when we finally, when we popped into Rollins, uh, right, it it started to snow right then, and it was coming down big flakes, uh, pretty good snow. So, but we made it, man. You know, we made it, and uh, we did. And luckily, you know, we had made the right decision because the next morning there was some snow. 
uh, on the ground, actually a fair amount of snow on the ground in Rollins, but it wasn't really on the highway. The highway, you know, because of the people traveling it, it melted really fast on the highway. But from Rollins back east to Laramie, it, it accumulated on the highway. We would have been totally stuck if we had yeah. stayed. So. Multiple wrecks, um, and even my stepmom tried to go to Denver to pick up a car. That day morning, yeah. The yeah. next morning, and she had gotten turned around. They, they, they had closed the highway. So, yeah, we would have been stuck in Laramie. Uh, Still, probably till tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, we, we uh, had a nice visit with Lee's dad. He's an awesome guy. But he happens to be the mayor, by the way, of Rollins, Wyoming. Yep. And uh, left out of there about 9 in the morning um, to a complete snow flurry. <laughs> we were getting up the bike, and it was coming down like, oh, my gosh, it was like quarter-sized flakes, just like a, like a quarter, like a coin is what I meant there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, they were huge. They were huge. Come down, and it was still not sticking to the highway, so we're like, all right, we're fine. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Well... I still had my. How was dad to stop change my pants, huh? Uh, yeah, we stopped at that gas station because it was. Um, no, yeah. no, no, no. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't remember what happened. Yeah, when we yeah. It was, that was yesterday. So, yeah, we started out. And I was wearing my pants I've been wearing the whole trip, and they're just uh, they're kind of like motocross pants. But it was so cold that. We stopped and put our my insulating liner in the jacket, and then maybe that was all right. I can't remember. I'm gonna mix it up. But anyway, I had to go to the bathroom at some gas stop, put on my big insulated pants, put those on. Oh, that was the day. That was the day before. Cause I had to have them on for the trip up to Rollins. So I'm getting the days mixed up there. But anyway, we're heading out of Rollins, and it gets down to 28 degrees. Again, snow flurries. Which actually the one we just went through was way worse than anything we had yesterday. Yeah. But it was it was sustained cold below thirty five degrees for we did five hundred and fifteen miles. I'd say about the first three hundred and fifty of it was all freezing cold. Literally. Yeah. And, yep. Yeah. Below thirty five. Um wind wasn't bad, but there was still wind. Um Yeah, and, it, was, it was cold. And the weather affected our, our routing. Um, we wanted to go up Highway 30 into Jackson and check out the Tetons down through Jackson Hole and then come south down to Alpine, uh, which was on, I forget the name of the reservoir there, uh, and then out Swan Valley into Idaho Falls. And we couldn't go up through Jackson because the pass had snow on it. So uh, we went instead to Pinedale, and then from there, we went straight to Alpine, which was really cool. Beautiful trip through there. From Pinedale to Alpine was one of my favorite sections of this ride so far. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it was awesome. That, going up to Estes Park, that was amazing. So, um, yeah, from there, then we came out in Idaho Falls, and I had been, you know, we've been posting some stuff on social media. They were on this trip, and a friend of mine, he uh, contacted me and said, hey, are you on a motorcycle ride? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, where are you? I said, well, we're going to be in Idaho Falls in a couple hours. And he goes, well, I'm in Ketchum in Sun Valley, Idaho. Why don't you guys come to here? I'm like, well, we were planning on going to this little town called Acro, which is about an hour and 45 minutes from Sun Valley, to camp. And, you know, it's getting pretty late. I think we hit Idaho Falls around 4. Yeah, something like that. 5. And so I'm like, well, let's drive by that campsite, but I think we go on to Sun Valley. You know, he's got a nice place to stay. And, uh, Oscar's a great guy, uh, younger guy, he's 23, and he's also a pilot and uh, somebody I've known for a long time. He said he'd have steaks and then beds ready for us, and so we're going to have to shoot. Let's do it. we got to go if there's going to be steak, right? So. Uh, we pushed on through Idaho Falls and had a nice ride all the way across uh, basically the foothills there around uh, to Peekaboo and then up into Ketchum. And we got there about 7.45, so I put in a, our longest day yet, uh, 515 miles, and uh, had a great visit with Oscar. He was 
uh, really kind to put us up and hang out with us for the night. And uh, that leads us up to today. Yeah, here we are. We are. Uh, I think that uh, I think right now would be a good time to uh, pause part two and um, get back to you in just a second. First, I got to say thank you to our sponsors. Oh, wait a minute. We don't have any sponsors. <laughs> I know. I was like, where are you going with that? Uh, well, you're holding out on me? Yeah. Uh, but to circle back, man, Norco BMW in Fort Collins. I was, yeah. Actually, they're our sponsor. And I would have to say, if you're going to buy a new BMW, I don't even care if you live in, in Illinois or San Diego. Fly yourself out to Fort Collins and buy a bike from them because they're the best. And you're, and you're helping support John Elway. You know, he's not, you know, he needs the help. <laughs> John Elway. So, no, but, yeah, those guys were awesome. So we'll bring this, this video or this podcast to you with the sponsor of Northern Colorado's Power Sports. They were, they were the best. The best. Fantastic. Yep. A couple, we'll probably, you know, at some point we'll go into some reviews of some of the equipment we're, we're uh, using on this trip. But to be perfectly honest, we paid for our cardos. But this podcast is being brought to you by the technology of the cardo. So we got these for our last ride we did last summer. And it is an absolute game changer to be able to talk to each other while we're riding. Um, it's a completely different experience. And also be able to answer the phone. And we were able to, from a YouTube video, we were able to hack a way to use an audio recorder uh, with a third unit to record our conversations. So that's how we're doing this. Uh, but thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully you guys find this interesting. And if you do, leave us a comment. If you have any questions about the issue I had with the bike or, or if you want to share similar experiences, um, please go ahead and do that. And if you like the podcast, let us know so we know if we should continue doing it or not. All right, guys, we are almost to Garden Valley. Start picking up some rain again. And uh, we're going to sign off here. We'll pick up another episode or another podcast uh, and talk about the rest of the trip once we do some more of it. So, uh, you know, thanks for listening. Yeah, see you. Yeah, don't forget to check out the T-Mac, the Motorcycle Adventure Channel on YouTube. Subscribe, like, get notified. Ding, ding.